A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, here we go. It's a tricky one here. David Templeton, how are you doing, mate? Not too bad. Thanks, Thanks very much for coming on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having us. Need to say the band, it's magnificent. Uh, I know, I'll give Russell Cowie the, the benefit for that one. Who's um, Russell Cowie? Over in the West End. Oh, you gave him a wee pub? Good. Yeah, okay. You're trying to get a free haircut. Hopefully get some money off that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pair, proper pair, isn't it? Yeah, um, it was one of the boys I used to play with. He had got it and... Just because my hair's quite thin, so, um, I just thought I'll, I'll try it, see if it makes it look a bit thicker. So I've just stuck with it ever you since. You know what they say, mate, curls get the girls, innit? Exactly. Um, right, on to the old career. <clears throat> Started at Steny. Back in 2005, no big clubs came in for you as a youth now? I was actually, well, I was at Aberdeen um, Pro Youth and I get a release from there, sorry. Um, it says I was too small, so... That old, that old yeah, chestnut. That old chestnut, so... Yeah, after that I went back to boys club and then that's when someone I knew was at Steny and he took me in for training and just uh, signed there and done well. So did Steny like a youth team? Yeah, um, I was under 17s when I went there. Right. Was it 17s? Uh, 17s. Um, I had started well, scored 12 and eight games or something right. and then that's when I get put into the first team. So was the first team manager just watching a youth team game and seeing how well you were doing? I think it was just, at the time, my manager, Chris Hulcott. Obviously, him and the manager had been going back and forth from how the young boys were doing. And, yeah, I got put into the squad one time. I thought I was just going to help out the, like, clean well, the boots and stuff. And, yeah, it. pretty much, I thought I was doing that. And turned out I was on the bench that day. And, uh, yeah, came on at 2-0 down and we won 3-2. I scored as well, so... Did you, huh? Yeah, that were was me. Were you nervous going over the first team? I wasn't too bad, as I say, because I thought I was going to just help with the, the kit and all that type of stuff. And yeah, so I didn't have time to be nervous, to be honest. Um, I didn't really think I was going to get on, especially at 2-0 down and yeah, the gaffer flung me on. And then what, you just kept replacing the team after that goal? Yeah, that was it. Then I was on the bench every week after that. Right. Uh, did you get help, you know, coming through a youth academy? Yeah, it was... At Steny, definitely helped. Um, I was... I was playing with obviously men at that time and I was like a stick insect, I was so thin and yeah it was just, I think that helped me, grounded me as well, um, 
some of the boys there as well were, were hilarious. Terrorising? Yeah, like, um, boy John Paul McBride that used to be uh-huh, Celtic. What a player, isn't it? Unbelievable. Hamilton, great player. One of the best players I've yeah. ever played with. Um, so he used to always help me, like, he was like a, a father figure at that time in terms of he would always help me and because he'd been at Celtic, he would just give me advice constantly and, but they were a good laugh as well. I remember we were going to training one time and the boy Paul Murphy, he had his works van. So he used to take us through and it was Paul Murphy, boy Tommy Sinclair, John Paul McBride and a guy Joe McAlpine. So there'd be two in the front and then two in the back. In the back of the van? They used to tie up the, the boy Tommy Sinclair. They'd tie him up <laughs> and then stop at the lights when there's a car behind them and open the doors if he's been kidnapped. <laughs> and then Paul Murphy would just drive away like rapid. People behind must have been like, what the hell's going on there? So yeah, just stuff like that, it was a good laugh. So would they take there. you in straight away, huh? Yeah, because as I said, I used to drive with them and they were like, just as I say, they were bonkers. Right. So it was just, uh, it was a good laugh for them. Well, when did you first hear uh, Hearts interest in you? Um, it was Campbell Money at the time had said to me. Um, and literally it was the next day I was there and signed. And yeah, I didn't really, I'd heard there was loads of teams coming to watch and um, watch, like coming to see all the games, but I didn't know watch, uh, what teams there was. So. Yeah, it just kind of came last minute, the next day, that's that signed. See, before you left, Stenny, was boys, the older boys like John Park, right? would, would they say to you, listen, you could go and be a right good player here? Yeah, JP used to say that to me all the time. Like that's what, He used to always just give me advice and in terms of if I was to sign with a full-time team, he used to always tell me what to expect, what to do. and Yeah, he was good that way for me. Because he, he kind of messed up his career, didn't he, with the way he acted, so would he try to... Put you away for doing it? Yeah, pretty much. I think, as you say, he'd made the mistakes and, as you say, it was unbelievable. He could have been so much more than what he did. So, yeah, he used to always try and put me in a straight path, basically, and mm-hmm. not to deviate. And seeing somebody like that who kind of, he'd probably say himself wasted his career, that probably made you think as well, I don't want to end up like that, playing first anywhere in that age. I want to be playing in the top level. Yeah, definitely, because, as you say, I, seen how good he was, like training with him every day. I can remember it was New Year and he didn't turn up, we were in training and Gaffer phoned him, like, where are you? And his pals on the drink. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, Gaffer went to the house to try and get him to come to training. He's like, no, nah, I'm not coming in. So I ended up next, I had a game the day after, JP on the bench, nothing each, 20 minutes comes on, puts one in the top corner, it's him back in the team again. I'm <laughs> just, I was thinking to myself, yeah, like, that's how good he was, like, he could, like, technically unbelievable and... Uh-huh. Still speak to him now? I've not spoke to him in years, to be fair, but, um, yeah, he's, he was a, a great guy. I've met him a couple of times a character. Uh, so were you buzzing to get a move to Hearts? Yeah, at the time, yeah, I was just wanting to go full time, I think at that time I needed that, um, just in training every day and... Yeah, I think that was a, a massive benefit for me, going to Hearts and the manager at the time, my youth coach, he was brilliant Who's as that? well. Uh, Darren Murray. Right. So yeah, he was what really was he good. So good at? Just training was enjoyable, but he was also, it was tough in terms of like the jobs and stuff. You had to do all your jobs. I remember there was one time, a few boys were supposed to be on the, like cleaning the, the halls. And one day it was, it was dirty, so that's it. Got four of them. He had to run around the pitches with a brush above their head to floor them in a line. So <laughs> the, the rest of the boys thought that was it. Never ever miss cleaning that again. So just stuff like that. You had to 
basically grounded you and uh-huh. had to make sure you were doing everything right. See, when you signed the Hearts, were you worried that you would, wouldn't be good enough? Because the boys had been in full-time, obviously, full-time every day and you'd been part-time. No, I... I was just, a yourself. Yeah, I always thought that I was I was going to make it. I've been like that ever since I was young. I just thought... It was the same uh, people used to always be like, oh, what's your backup plan? If I was like, I didn't have one, I just believed I was going to make it to football. And when I went into Hearts, it was just the same. I just thought I'm good enough and, like, they wouldn't assign me if I, if I wasn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just had that belief that I would do well. Obviously, the young boys didn't do the jobs anymore. Did you enjoy doing it? No, you, you don't enjoy doing it, but it's, I do think it does help you. I think it, as I say, it grounds you. I think now the kids are... So if they've made it before they've even done anything yet, some of them not even played a game and uh yeah, it's, I think that they should bring that back in at teams doing uh-huh. their jobs. Because I think Did, they, they the, get would, above their stations. Uh, would the first team boys abuse you when you were younger? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember you weren't even allowed to get near the first team changing room and stuff, whereas now kids are getting in all the time and uh-huh. yeah, it's just it's different from back then to be honest. When was your first dealings with the, the first team then? Was it Ivanovskis that was the manager? He was a manager when I signed, but I never ever... Met him? Never even spoke to him, no. Did that um, not worry you a wee bit there? No bother? No, because I think at the time I knew I was signing for the youth, so... Mm. Yeah, that didn't bother me at all. And they had so many players at that time as well. There was about 20 Lithuanians when so I signed. So what was training like them all the players? I don't even know, because we never ever... I never experienced it until... Who was the manager? I'm not even sure who the manager was when I first started training, actually, but I never ever trained when it was Valdas. No. So I was always with the youths at that time. Uh-huh. Um, was there any hesitancy going because of that, so that there were so many players there, or was that, was that no bother on you? No, it didn't bother me. Um, as I said, I had belief that if, if I kept doing well with the youths, then I would, I would get a chance. And yeah, I've done well one season, and yeah, sure enough, managed uh-huh. to get in with the first team. Did you miss first team football, though? Um, no, not at that time, because at Steny, my first season, I was only getting like 20 minutes at a time and then playing with the youths on a Sunday as well, so yeah, playing youth football didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. Right, what I like about you, you're one of the young boys that went out on loan. Was that you that asked to go out on loan or were you told? Yeah, I wanted to go out on loan. Um, it was Rafe and United wanted to take me and the manager at the time was obviously friends with John McGlynn. So he says to me, look, you've got a Rafe, basically, I didn't have a choice. So, yeah, I went there and John McGlynn was, he was good as well. I really enjoyed playing football under him and, yeah. what's, what's so good about John McGlynn? Just as a coach, he's, he's good, training was enjoyable, but as a man as well, he's, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's just so into football, everything he does about football. He goes on holiday with his missus, but it's to scout players and... <laughs> He's, She's got the copers yeah, on. Yeah, so I've never. <laughs> <laughs> no high techs anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, easy, <you> leave <laughs> But um, no, he's, he's just everything about him. He's just obsessed with football and he's one of the, the nicest guys in football I've met. See, as a young player, what, what, was there a coach in particular that brought, really brought your game on? Yeah, I would say it was Darren Murray. Um, Fee, Fee Hart, yeah, uh, youth coach at Hearts. What? He was, stop dribbling so much and maybe pass well, that When I had signed at Hearts, I was actually a striker. Right. Um, I'd played a couple of times wide at Stenny, but I actually signed as a striker and he put me out in the wing. Well, why did he sign you to put you there, Jane? Uh, just, I think because I like to, to get at players, like dribble, and he just thought that that'd be a benefit, getting one-on-one with <coughs> defenders, and rather than playing with my back to goal, so 
yeah, I think that helped, and obviously it turned out all right for me. Uh-huh, it made you a few quid moving it to the old wing, didn't it? Yeah, definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, when you went to Rafe, how was that playing proper full time first team football with like older guys expecting to win every week? Did you find that tough at first, or did you take it straight away? Um, the first month was was really good. I enjoyed it, and then I signed for another six months after that, and started to struggle a bit um, near the end of the season. I, I wasn't playing. Um, I think I was just, I don't know what it was, I was just, didn't really do that well near the end of the, the loan, so after that I was glad to, to get back to Hearts. And See, when you're on loan and you're not doing that well, do you start to worry? If you think, I, I can't get a game for Wraith, how am I going to go back to Hearts and play? <clears throat> you do a bit because you're out there to play all the time and, and do well, and when you're not, you're, you're thinking, oh, is the like, Hearts manager watching? and. Yeah, as you say, if I'm not playing here, what's he going to think? Well, if you're not playing there, there's, there's no chance of playing here. So mm-hmm. you do think like that, but you just you know that if you, you do go back, then you just have to, it's a fresh start again. And yeah, you've just got to have the belief that you'll get in again. Would you be a tight young guy? I kind of know what kind of guy. Would you go and chap a manager's door at Rafe when you're not playing at that young age? No, not at that time, no. no. You know, it's different now. If, like, you'd chap a manager's door, no problem. But yeah, when I was like, I never ever... Chapped the door to, to John McGlynn when I was yeah. younger. Were you a bit scared of John McGlynn? Yeah, I was just scared of all managers, to be honest. When uh-huh. I was young, I was quiet. I would never ever... Really? Were you? Huh? Yeah, I, I would, thought you were chirping, huh? No, I was quiet. I would never ever think he chapped my door. I would just get into training and just try and do well and get myself back in. Keeping it done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Ryan McGowan was on, as you know, your pal. <laughs> and he said when he was at Air, Shabba Laszlo used to think he was playing for Airdrie. Yeah. Would he keep tabs on you and would he know it was Riff you were playing for? Um, to be honest, I don't know, but I can remember there was one we played with the reserves. Uh, we were playing Celtic at um, still on Albion's pitch, and I remember they came. And if they'd beat us, they'd win the reserve league. And came like Paddy McCall. I was so playing that. Do you remember it still on Albion? Aye, yeah. that's right. So, so you remember Paddy? We never remember. Aye, yeah. that, that's right. the way it was. Right. Right. But I just remember Paddy because I tried to smash him, and he was still skinning everybody. <laughs> um, no, so if he's obviously win that day, he's won the league and. I remember it was it was 2-1 to use, I think it was the 89th minute. I scored. And then we scored in the 92nd as well to win 3-2. So we went in on the Monday and went in for video and Shabalazo. So that is ah, it's not good enough, you can't lose against them. Losing 2-1 should never happen. And me and Gowser's like look, <laughs> we're looking at each other like, what's he talking about we win? And up, one of the boys told him it would win 3-2 and he'd left in the 88th minute and missed it, we had scored another two. He thought we'd get beat. You're just like, but it was with the young lads, it was like when it was video and that, it's like Michael Stewart and that made a mistake, nothing gets said. Soon as the young boys, it was just slaughtering them. Really? Yeah. Was, so would he do video analysis with the reserve team as well? Yeah, that, that time with the Celtic one he did. And uh, that's what, it was funny to be fair, because we were like, what the fuck? Like, how's, is that even possible to think we get, we get beat? <laughs> what did he say when he realised you'd won? Nothing, just walked Nothing, out? Nothing, yeah, just walked out. It was just like, as if, oh fuck, I didn't even realise. <laughs> what was Michael Stewart like as a, as a guy, player? Tough on you? Good player. Um, at the time, he was really good for us. Um, but in training, he was a money bastard. And <laughs> at, at times, I was obviously young in that and never really would say anything back to first-team players, but... And Mike used to tell him to shut, shut up all the time because it was just like non-stop. Uh-huh. It's one of them, he passes it three yards away for you, it's a bad pass, it's, it's my fault. It's uh-huh. like, because I never got there and 
Yeah, it was bad that way. What about Good Park? It was nice. Was he nice to you off the park? Uh, what about yeah. who, who was who took you under the wing, player wise, first team? <clears throat> when I first broke in, Robin Nielsen. Was he good? Yeah, at he him? was good with me because my first game, I came on against Aberdeen, and I came on right wing, and he was right back, so he would always talk to me, talk me through the game, and. Yeah, he was good with me, but in yeah. training he was murder because from that bottom he used to just kick fuck at me. <laughs> right. Was he tough? Yeah, yeah, and as a young boy, when that happened, you, you wouldn't get free kicks or anything. No. It was just like a way of getting you to grow up, basically. Uh-huh. Did that used to so, frustrate you that how you get treated as a young kid with the first team? Yeah, it used to annoy the life at me every day. Like if you were doing well in training and skinning, as I say, like going by Robbie or going by Egbert Johnson, who was quite nasty as Physical, well. Huh? Two of them would just kick fuck at you and you just have to get them got on mate. You couldn't like claim for a free kick or anything, yeah. you weren't getting it. So what got to the stage where you would start answering these guys back and start sticking up for yourself? When you started to play a bit more games? Yeah, probably the season when it was Jim Jeffries. Right. Um, that's when I would come out of my shell a bit more. Because mm-hmm. um, as you say, I was playing more more often. So, And there was a few younger kids coming through then as well. So You're a bit older. I was starting to get a bit more experience by playing. Right, always ask the debut. As you say, came on for Robbie Nelson. Do you know you were going to play? Um, the Aberdeen one, I, I didn't think I was going to get on. Um, I think who did I come on for? Actually, I think it was Kingston got injured, right. and Shab, it was Shabba Laszlo and his assistant Werner. Think you thought you were somebody else? No, it was <laughs> so bizarre because Shabba actually quite liked me, but Werner didn't. So the two of them are talking on the bench and Shabba's like, oh, what about Templeton? Put Templeton on. And so can you hear all this? Yeah, but they were speaking in German. You could just hear them saying, like, Templeton. And then Werner's like, oh, no, no Templeton. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, please just put me on. And end up Shabba put me on. But, yeah, I ended up, I think, went down to 10 men that day as well and get took back half again because Aberdeen were just launching it in the box. And I was glad because I'm like, I'm fuck, I can't defend, fuck that shit. <laughs> like in the box, trying to win heaters, like no chance. So yeah, I came back off and then I think it was next week we played Celtic and that was the first start for me. See, when he, he took you off, were you, was there a wee bit of devastation there? No, there wasn't at the time. No, because uh, I had actually, I'd played well when I came on, so it wasn't like I had been shite and I thought, oh, like That's I knew I had hair. done well, so um, I was... It wasn't like I was, as I say, I was shiting came off, like getting dragged. I was actually, I'd played well just because they were like Pounding launching it in. Uh, so the week after that, before the Celtic <clears throat> game, leading up to the Celtic game, did you know you were going to be playing? Was you no. in shape? Were you in the team there? I had no idea. Um, when did you find it? Just an hour and a half before kick-off. How was um, that? Absolutely shiting it. <laughs> I would say that's the only time in football where I've been nervous. Um, it? It's the only game. Because um, it's my first start, and I was sixty thousand, and Celtic could still win the league that day. Right. I think Rangers were playing Dundee United, and it was a game that Rangers won three 0 I think. Right. And um, yeah, so because it was full and it was they were singing, it was noisy. I was just like, wow. Can you hear that like, in the dressing room? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was proper breaking it. Can you remember the warm up of that? Is it all a his? No, I can't remember. I, even the game, I can't remember much. I just remember there was one in the box, like our box, where the ball came down and I've tried to turn and Nakamura took it off me and nearly scored and I was like, oh, fuck. I was going to get slaughtered if he'd <laughs> scored. But that's the only thing I really remember about the game. I remember, remember Marion Kello. He was nothing each, but it could have been about 10 now that absolutely battered us mm-hmm. and he had an absolute world there. See, before your debut, would, what would, would, there be like, would there be encouragement to you or was it just go and get on with it? Yeah, just really go on and just enjoy yourself, just play the way. Is that what you said, going into who's yeah. that Lazo that would say? Lazo, yeah. Uh-huh. Just basically 
just had to say it obviously just to like it was very tactical Shavalazo so in terms of defensive side they'd tell me to do all that correct and but once I had the ball just to just, complain. just to be positive because he gets quite a bad name Lazo did you find him quite quite good with me he was yeah as I said he, he quite liked me so I had nothing he gave me my debut and I had nothing bad to say about him he was as I say he was good for me and what team did you support growing up <laughs> Actually, I grew up a Celtic fan. Right. So to make your debut there was quite a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, at the time, yeah. But I wasn't like a, a massive fan. I never went to any games or anything. So it wasn't like like the way like try to think Johnny Russell and people like that uh, were massive fans. Uh, like, I wasn't like that at all. Right. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask you about a few of the older players. Uh, Larry mm -hmm. thinks a good player. Frightening. Like so good. Was he? Yeah. What, in training or just every game? Just, just so good on the ball and stuff. Would he like, have been the best player the first team at that time, would you thought? Yeah, him and I think Bruno was there at the same time as well, Bruno Aguilar. Right, okay. Portuguese fella, he was frightening as well, like technically very good. Um, played in like the 10, uh -huh. um, just pick up pockets, so clever on the ball. And, yeah, what they, was Kingston they, like as a guy? Because they're quite like Really nice guys guy, yeah, there. yeah, brilliant guy, I got on really well with him. Um, he was another one when I was, I was obviously just coming into the first team and he would always look after us. Um, would he, right? Yeah. What about the older boys? Would they, would they take you on nights out? Yeah, I remember we beat Hibs one time and Josie Goncalves after it. We went into the changing room and stood up on the seat and he's like, right, everybody tonight, we're all going out, it's on me. We were, I was like a young lad and I'm like, looking, sure enough, went out and I went to the bar to get a drink and went and bought a drink, he came up to me, he said, what are you doing? I told you, it's all on me, there's a tab, just order what you want. He He's paid a for man, the full night out. Did yeah. you take the piss? No, I did a fuck, because... <laughs> but it still must have been a good two or three grand he paid anyway. Top man, For the it? full night, yeah. What yeah, a guy. guy. Uh, another one, Lee Wallace, because he was a youngish, but he played yeah. so many games at that time. How was he as a player and as a guy? Brilliant player. Uh, brilliant guy as well. It's uh -huh. quite... It's like quiet. Um, got a dry sense of humour because I was in the Scotland team. Very dry sense of humour. He's quite quiet until you get to know him a bit. And, but as a player, I, I thought it was brilliant. Like, yeah. Especially for me on the left-hand side, when I played in front of him, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. Good hearts team, mate. Very good, yeah. Um, I think we finished third, maybe three years in a row or something. And mm -hmm. um, Europe twice. and Yeah, it was brilliant. Great team, great bunch of boys as well. See, Tynecastle for opposing players, quite daunting. See, as a young boy playing for Hearts, is it just as daunting or is it, is it, is it good to play? Brilliant, I loved it. Did you? Yeah. I, I think, as you say, because it, the crowds are close, so see, when you're, if you're doing well, you can hear them shouting, like, when you've done something well, and you just hear everything. It's all, like, it gives you more confidence when you hear them, like, praising you, basically. Uh -huh. so, yeah. uh, how good are the Hibs games? Yeah, good as well. I used to actually prefer playing at Easter Road when it was a Hibs game. Why? I just loved playing against the away fans, like when there's more of them, and I think as well we've done well there as well. Um, and especially the game that I scored there as well. It was, yeah, just when you see the fans and hating you, and yeah, brilliant. Uh -huh. Who did you used to have on toast in the derbies? Any player that you used to like playing against? Um, I remember there was one game actually against Ian Murray. Kept skinning him, and then I was a couple of times he just booted me up. Yeah, you were dirty, weren't you? Yeah, I was one and nutmegged him, and then he just smashed me. Yeah. But yeah, it was good playing because he was like old school. He would, as I say, kick, kick you up and down. So I like playing against people like that. Uh 
Because if you got the better in them, you knew you had them when they started like led on you. Uh, the Je Jim Jeffries comes in. Was he much more old school than, than say a Shabalazla? <coughs> yeah, proper old school. Um, but you're a bit worried when an old school manager came in and you're a young player and you think maybe you'll go with tried and tested boys? Um, no, I was just more worried about pre-season because I'd heard about what you used to do for pre-season because I'm, I'm a terrible runner. Oh, yeah. Like, see, long distance stuff, I hate it. <laughs> and he used to take his tetley and run up holes and sh stuff like that and oh, it was, it was horrific. What the hardest you've done? It was until probably this season. Nigel uh, too, too old school, or, uh, too different. Very different styles, but two of them were horrific. Uh -huh. Would Jim Jeffries pull you when he first came in and said that he liked you as a player, or was it not really giving much to I never started the season under him. Um, I think it was Andrew Driver on the left and Suso Santana on the right. Right, me Suso. And Suso got injured, I think it was in November, and we were playing Hibs, and I came in then, and then it was since then, that's when I, I played all the time. What's he good at, Jim Jeffries? Just training and stuff was fun. Like you do like usual possession, small sided games and stuff. But on Fridays he would have like young v old competitions oh, for yeah, cakes yeah. and stuff. So and shooting competitions where it was like partners. I was always with Eddie Scatcho, so I, I knew I was never ever going to lose because <laughs> he's he's got the best left foot I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous. So just stuff like that, and obviously. As I say, the losers would have to bring in cakes, and so he just made everything fun and everybody. That's why it was such a, a feel good like dressing room. Uh, who would usually win, young or old? Always old, would always uh, win. But uh, old good. Because they like Scatchel, as I say, he's, his finishing was a joke. That's what my next question was returning to the Scatchel, was he, was he better than Kingston? <sighs> I think Kingston was a better player like in terms of on the ball and all that, but Rudy would just. Like if the ball was out on the left, he would be sitting over on the right somewhere, just waiting, ball going to the box and everything would just seem to fall to him and yeah. just score. It was like, he could just not get involved in the game at all and then all of a sudden he scored two or three goals and it's like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> just like so uh -huh. good, honestly. So like repossessions and that maybe no great, but in games, big games, you always come up with big goals. In training that possession, that fine, we get on it, but it was in games as if he just knew when he stayed away, he would just drift into areas and they just knew that it would drop to him. It was like, as if he just had this knack for where it was going to fall. But he helped you as well? Because he was a wing wide player as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Rudy was, uh, he was a nice guy. He used to talk to you all the time and, and try and help you. And, and as I say, I used to be the one that would do the finishing with him. So, yeah, it was, was good for me. Even like finishing, he'd always try and tell us where to put, like how he had to, where to put it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was good that way. Uh, the Jets known for his... Um, going through people after games, did you ever get it? Yeah, <clears throat> and Billy Brown actually, it was uh, Billy Brown brilliant also, together, yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but it was November, December, I got Young Player of the Month under them. And then we played Kilmarnock in the January. And came in at half time, it was 0-0 and I thought I'd done okay. Billy Brown. You, you little <laughs> The fucking honeymoon period's over. <laughs> fucking get your ass in here. I was just looking at him like, what the fuck? I was thinking I'd done well as well. <laughs> Fuck no, that was that slaughtered. Uh -huh. And then I, does Jeffries come in even more? Or no, he, he sat back that time, never really said anything. He just let Billy go through us. Uh -huh. but were you but scared of anything? I wasn't at the time. See, because I'd been doing well, I was like, I just felt like I couldn't do anything wrong. Like I was flying and I just had this much confidence. And, and then that just that gave me a kick up the arse. Because uh -huh. I think I'd got comfortable. Because 35 appearances you made that year. 
Did you then start? Because I've seen you playing. I think you're quite a money player. Is that what? Did you start to try and then demand higher standards of players and start demanding more for players? Yeah, I started to, as I say, I came out my shell more when it was when I started playing more and yeah, I'm, I'm money. I, I just want the ball all the time. For, yeah. If I don't get the ball, I'll moan it. Whoever's passed it to the other side or whatever. Like, and did, did Jim Jeffries mm. like that on you, Jack? I'm not sure actually, um, but I think it was just. Probably Michael Stewart and that rubbing off on me um, got me a bit moanier. But as, as I said, when you start to play more, you start to, to get a bit more confident and a bit more experienced, and you yeah, you feel like you can chirp up a bit more. Uh-huh. Right, your favourite guy on this that's been on me, big Kevin Kyle. Talk to us. How much of a character is he? As he calls you, David Templeton. He calls me Pimps. Pimps, that's Pimps, it. Pimps. Um, Pimps. Big man, brilliant, uh-huh. hilarious. Doesn't uh, doesn't care, does he? No, doesn't give a fuck. He just says what he feels. Um, he was always like that, even at Hearts. Like, even with the, the managers and that, he would, if they had a go at him, he would just be back at them and stuff. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Also, I was quite young then, I'm just looking, thinking, just don't say anything, don't say anything. Nah, he's fucking having a go yeah, back mate. at the managers. But nah. him, and, him and Jeffrey's got on, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah. I think he's had them at a few teams, I think. Obviously, Kelly, Kelly as well, as well yeah. aye. And yeah, Big Kyler played under him all the time. Would he pipe up in the dressing room and that, Kevin Kyle? Yeah. So you, you younger boys and that as well, would he kind of get on you? Yeah, definitely. If you didn't put a cross into him, he'd, he'd moan at you and, yeah, he's just have a go at everybody. He didn't yeah. get, he's just the way he is, he just speaks his mind, he doesn't hold anything back. No, the big time shots are brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what is it, you played the split when you played in the Prem or something? Yeah, when he was at Sunderland and that. Uh, he, he did just to get that one as well, because I watched him on the Gouser and then I watched Kyler and he's like, I didn't say that, but uh, he, he definitely did. did. <laughs> uh, he was having himself. Was he a good player? Yeah, he was good, good for me, because um, when the ball went up to him, you knew it would stick with him. Um, so I could then make runs off him, or even if it's going up high, I can run in behind, you know he's going to win most things. Mm-hmm. So he, he was good in the air and stuff. and. And he was another one that would always talk, like always talk you through the game and, and help you as much as he could. So he was good. good you see, when you've got a big guy at playing, do you feel like as a winger, maybe you can't take people on as much, he just wants you to get the ball at your feet and cross it in the box? No, because at the time, Jeffrey's told me when I got it, just go at the fullback. He's like, I don't care if you lose it nine times, that one time you go by him, could be the, the time that we get a goal or whatever. So. That's but, brilliant. And Tyler it? would never moan at me for that because the gaffer had told me to just keep going at them. So. As long as I, when I did go by, I would try and put in an area for him because you knew that he would win most things in there. Uh-huh. That's brilliant for Jeff. He's just telling you every time you get to go there. Yeah, that's why I think I was playing my best football when I was there because I just had, I just knew that no matter what I'd done, it was never going to really moan at me because he wanted me to do that. Uh-huh. Brilliant. So you must have been devastated when you got the sack the next season, eh? Yeah, I was gutted. Um, as you say, because I'd played 35 games, I think, uh-huh. under him. And, yeah. Did you expect yeah. it to be coming? No, um, I was actually, I was out and got a message from Hart saying, like team meeting at Tyne Castle, uh, I think it was like half one or something. Hart's the club's got a mobile? Uh, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, te- a, like a group text, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, just saying like, have to come in for a team meeting and usually when that happened, it was usually a sacking of the manager <laughs> because there was been that many. And um, yeah, we went in and, there was a new manager standing there. What was uh, what were the older boys? What was their reaction to Jeffries getting sacked? I think they were probably just used to it. Like uh-huh, they've seen it before. In football, you know it can happen. Like 
but for the younger ones, it's like you've not really had that. Like, mm -hmm. manager, I think we finished third under him, and, and then he gets sacked. But that was just the way it was under Romanov at the time. Did you speak to him after it, Jess? Was after he'd been sacked, did you? Phone or text? Um, he just, it was, he just said basically, he came to the meeting and just basically said that that's him, he's finished, and like it was a pleasure working with his and all that type of stuff. Like, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Did you hear many dealings with Romanov? Um, just once, and it was fuck. It was weird <laughs> because he didn't speak any English. It was the year that I left, or the year before I left. Sorry, he wanted me to sign a new deal, so he came in with his interpreter, and it was like basically just so me, him, and his interpreter sitting there. So he would speak in Russian to the interpreter, then he'd speak to me in English, then I would just go back and forth like uh, that, I constantly. Interpreter I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but one of the, he's, he's like, when he was talking, he was saying about Messi, Ronaldo, stuff like that, and I'm thinking, what the fuck's he saying here? <laughs> so then the guy's that to me, oh, so if, if Messi or Ronaldo, no, he says, who's your, like your favourite player with Messi and Ronaldo? And I was like, oh, I like Messi, the way he plays and stuff, so then, he came back and says, oh, so if Messi had a team, would you want to sign for his team? And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what the fuck? He's trying to offer me a new deal here, and I'm... If, if I say, I would sign for Messi teams, they're going to fucking try and deal. Uh, deal or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck? So that's basically what I've been on about. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm happy here. I'd rather stay here and stuff. Because I was like, I don't know if he's trying to stitch me up here or not. I was like, fuck, it was bizarre anyway. So what was the outcome of the meeting? No, no deal? He ended up, didn't he, offer this... He didn't put the offer there. Ended up the next week to put an offer in, which I didn't accept, and then that was it. Like, nothing else ever again. Have you ever spoke to him again? Though? No. See, because under Romanoff, it was quite hard times at Hearts. Who would be the ones in the dressing room that would keep it funny? Who would be funny? Who would be the jokers? And who would, would the slag, like, what was going on and stuff like that? <sighs> yeah, at the time, no one knew what was going on whatsoever. Like, like we weren't getting paid, and... Then all of a sudden you'd get a hundred pound in your bank like two and a half months later, and because <laughs> I think if you go three months without getting paid, you can just leave because uh -huh. it's a breach of your contract. But we didn't know that at the time, and it was like they put a hundred pound in, so it went down as you had been paid hey, and stuff. Uh -huh. But you used to get guys like David Abua. He used to come in some mornings like, oh yes, we've been paid. So then the boys, well, have we really checked their accounts and nothing? And you'd just be laughing. But I was thinking, that's all right for you. You're on about fucking eight grand a week or something. There was boys there. I think there was some boys that were really struggling, like at the time. Were well, boys not going off for nothing? Some boys. Yeah, some were raging. But there was, they'd speak to a lady that worked there, and but it wasn't like she didn't even know what was going on. It was coming for Lithuania with Romanov and the guy that worked under him. So then he'd come in like two months later, being like, oh, there's no funds just now, hopefully we'll have it for next week, and then he'd disappear, and then you wouldn't see him again for another month and stuff. You just, you didn't know what was going on, and mm -hmm. that's the thing that the guys, like the players, found hard, like the fact that no one told you what was happening. Mm -hmm. See, so if they come in like, look, they're struggling just now, we'll let you know in two days what's happening, or I'll just keep you updated, but you're only getting updates whatsoever. Paolo Sergio then gets a job after um, Jeffries gets sacked. First impressions of him? Good, nice guy. Um, smart. The only thing that we hated at the time when he came in was he took away our day off midweek, so I know we've run six days a week doing <laughs> shape every day. Did so. none of the boys say, like, pull him up for it now? Nah, you can't really say it. The manager's got the say, hasn't he? Uh -huh. so. 
Yeah, the boys weren't too happy with that because it just became a bit of a drag at times. But oh, we were the same at Swindon, mate. Every day it gets to you, doesn't it? Uh, uh, especially though, when you're not getting paid, mate. Uh, well, to be fair, I think when he came in, we were getting paid then. I think everything was back to normal when he came in. Uh -huh. um, but I was taking that day away, killed us. Were you a bit excited to work with like a foreign manager because you've been a technically good player, but do you think he'll like me? Yeah, well, when he came in, he, he did like us straight away, so. Would he, take, would he pull you over and pull you aside and tell yeah, you? Yeah, I would speak to you at the start of the season and stuff. Um, and I seemed good and he was very good tactically. He would work, like everyone knew our jobs. I think that's why we done well that season, obviously win the Scottish Cup final. Just because everyone knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Used to do shape and be like the starting 11, we'd work through phases of play. And then the next 11 would do the same so that if somebody came in then yeah, they knew job. exactly, yeah. So. Everybody was, yeah, switched on. One game he wasn't a good tactically, it was the 5-0 defeat to Spurs. <laughs> How was that? Were they frightened? Yeah, they were ridiculous, to be fair. Um, I remember I started that game and after it, people were like, oh, why did you not kick them and stuff? I'm thinking, you literally couldn't get anywhere near them no. to even kick them. I remember I was going to like press Kyle Walker. He's playing it into Van der Vaart and then he's popping it wide with one touch. And I mean, it's been shelled in at them, and I'm just thinking, what the fuck? Like, they were so good. I think we were, <laughs> we were three down after 12 minutes. Best player you played in, Skywalker? Hardest? Directly. Uh -huh. At the time, yeah, but. <clears throat> yeah, I probably him. Um, uh -huh. He was just so quick in that as well. I remember there was one, Dawson was stepping out, and Walker had went f forward, and I knew he was going to play it to him, so I managed to cut it out, and he was about 20 yards away from me. And I'm thinking, I'm 1v1v Dawson, if I get by him, I'm going to score. Run at him, cut inside by him. Next minute, Walker just takes it. I'm like, where the fuck do you come from? <laughs> He's just it. lightning. Uh, see, when you play against a team like that, do you think, I've, I've got miles to go until I get to the top level? Huh? Yeah, once you play players like that, you just see like the levels, basically. You just know that you're nowhere near that level, and that's where you want to get to, basically. Uh -huh. But despite the first leg, no, no, in the second leg, what, what was different in that game? They kind of take their foot off again. They rested players. <laughs> <laughs> they had obviously scudded as the first leg, so it was game over. They brought in Harry Kane, the young Kane played, didn't Yeah, he? he was he was a young lad at the time. Tom Carroll, Good Townsend. Tom Carroll, so like obviously rested all that. I was Kane that you remember it? Missed a penalty. Did he? Uh, you could see that he was decent to be right. fair. Um, won a penalty, Jammer saved it to be fair, good save. Uh, Did you get a shit any shirts for the two games? Just the first one, Kyle Walkers. Oh, did you get yeah, Walkers, didn't so, Yeah, I usually just swap tops with like, whoever I'm directly against, basically. Uh, did Walker take yours? He did, actually, which was... Something in his bedroom, wasn't it? Aye, uh, throwing darts at it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right, so after that Hearts game, obviously you said you had a good mm. season, got to the Scottish Cup final and you were dropped for it. Yep. Did you know before that you were going to get dropped? No, I got told an hour and a half before. Basically put the team up and... I think that's the thing that annoyed me the most. Like if they'd told me the night before, then I would have had time to take it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Over it basically, but I was sitting there annoyed the full time. Um, see, seeing, sorry, seeing training the week leading up because you said he does a lot of shapes. So, were you in the team to start? No, so I knew I wasn't starting, but I thought I was going to be on the bench. Right. Um, and then I was just bombed completely. So, yeah, and I think the annoying thing was I knew we were going to beat them because Hibs were terrible at the time. We'd beat them a few times that season, and I just thought I'm going to miss out and getting a medal here because if you're even if you've played every round before, you still it's don't get a medal. Yeah, you know? so I think that's something that I was gutted about because I knew we were going to win. So did you say see when he named the team in the subs and you went on? Did you say anything? No, nah, I just sat raging. Uh, sat raging. Basically. Do you think it was him that made that decision or the owners? <clears throat> uh, I think it was probably him because I had been out injured, uh, out injured, I had torn my groin. Um, I think it was like February, March, and I had just been back two games before it, and I played and I didn't play well when I just came back, and I think that's probably why I wasn't involved. Because Sergio said that it was your attitude that led to leaving you. Do you disagree with it? Yeah, I did disagree with that. Um, i seen that when I, I left and stuff, but I got on well with, with Paolo, like, really well. Um, I think the thing he was on about was every day after training, you used to come in and you'd go in the door and you had to do core. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I had just torn my groin and then I had a double hernia as well. So... I used to come in for training and just go in the physio room and no day the core. Right. Because obviously the hernias and I think he used to get annoyed with me for that. He wanted me to go in and do the core, but did I couldn't you, do it. Uh, did you not explain that to uh, him? I said that to him, but I think that's thing he thought had an attitude problem, but it wasn't. It was, I ended up getting an op at the end of the season. Uh, did you speak to him after the final about, no, no, about being left it? Nah, I just got smashed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, just... Could you still enjoy it? Yeah, I still enjoyed it. Because I was, still, I was still happy for it, all the boys. Uh, like, do you know what it's like? Like, guys on somebody I stayed with and stuff has just won it and scored in the final against Tibbs. I know how much it meant to him, so yeah, I still enjoyed it. Still with a tank castle and yeah, got steaming. <laughs> but see, when you wake up the next day, is it pure disappointment or huh? Yeah, it's just the fact that you know you, you never get a medal. Um, when you played previous rounds and stuff, and yeah, that was frustrating. Does that still get to you now? Yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still annoying. I still wish I'd been involved in that day. 
Uh-huh. Uh, I know I've brought it out a, bit a couple of times, but even like the week after that, would you say to yourself, like, why am I not, like, why was I not involved now? No, because I think, well, after that, that was us finished, and then he was gone the next season as well, so I never really spoke to him ever again. Right, so okay. I didn't even get the chance to ask. So, see, when something like that happens, do you think, I'm done with the club, I'm, I'm wanting to win it? Uh, nah, not really. Yeah. Um, no, I was happy there. Um, just obviously frustrated that I hadn't been involved in that. But as I say, we come in the next season, there was a new manager again. Uh-huh. And it was John McGlynn, who obviously I liked, so it was like a fresh start again. Uh, how was the club when you returned for pre-season then? Fine? Yeah, fine. Everything was, was all good. With Obviously, Paolo had left. Um, I think a few players had left as well, so it was like a fresh start and try to rebuild. I think a lot of players had left because of the um, money situation, had to get wages Messi's off the ball, basically. Messi's club came in for them, huh? Yeah, <laughs> so pretty much, yeah. Did John McGlynn bring like, a mere Scottish feel to the, the club? Well, I think when he came in, as I say, like a lot of the foreigners had left because they were on big money, money so they had to get rid of them. So it was just left to... There was a few Scottish boys and a lot of young boys, so it was, that's, he was having to rebuild, basically. And Matite say you're going to be the main man this year? Um, no, he never said that, but I had a feeling I was going to play because, obviously being at Rafe, I knew he liked me and I got on really well with him, so start this like, pre-season started well and, yeah, start of the season I started really well. Uh-huh. And you only had one year left on your contract. At the start of that season, did you think you would be at Hearts after that season or were you, were you thinking to yourself, I need to play well and get, get a move here this year? No, I, I knew there was interest. Um, How did you know that? Just agents? Well, in the January, Bristol City had tried to sign me. Right. Um, on the last day of the window, actually. I was in Edinburgh and basically says, like, take, my agent says to me, take, like, clothes with you for... Like, if an offer gets accepted, you need to fly down and obviously sign and stuff. So, when it came to the summer, I thought there might still be interest. And, but the, the Rangers thing, that was... Yeah, that came out of the blue. I didn't really know about that. See, when Bristol City came in for you, why... Did you want to go on there? Um, yeah, I wanted to go to England, to be honest. That was what I always wanted to do. I wanted to go down there and, and see what it was like and test myself down there. And I think if I'd went at that time, it would have been good for me. Yeah. And being on it, a lot more money in that as well, eh? Yeah, it was at the uh-huh. time, yeah, as well. Obviously, I'd pretty much knew what I was going to be getting if I went down there and stuff. And But just hearts didn't accept the offer. They wanted more money. Uh-huh. Is that hard to keep playing when you know you could have got a move like that with more money and then you need to go back to hearts and, and you tear your groin? How hard is that for a young player when... <sighs> You know, you think what you could have been earning and now I'm on the Hearts team, I'm injured, is that, is that really hard? Yeah, it was at that time, I think, when I got the injury and stuff, because I'd got that injury as well. We played Motherwell and I'd been struggling with my groin for ages. I actually thought it was a hernias and said to the physio, this isn't right and stuff, but Paolo came up to me and says, look, I need you to play. I was like, right, okay, so eight minutes in I had a shot and I just collapsed and I was like, the fuck, that's not right. The physio was like, it's a hernias, go back on. Played another 30 minutes, I was like, nah, that's, that's fucked, like, I can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Got the scanner, tore my groin. So, that, I think that was frustrating because, obviously, the, the gaffer had asked me to play through it, and I ended up playing through it and making it worse myself, because I ended up missing, I think I was 10 weeks, and then miss out in the final, and oh, because so stuff like, asked you to Yeah, because, yeah, so stuff like that was frustrating. The things people didn't see to us at football, and everybody yeah. thinks it's great and stuff like that. But Aye, everybody see. thinks it's rosy, and that's not. Would that have probably been your hardest time as a, as a player, that, that wee period? At Hearts it was, yeah. 
Uh -huh. As I say, because the feeling of missing out on, on winning that. And when you see how the boys were lifting the trophy and, and you don't get a chance to do that. So, uh -huh. yeah. Right, tell us what your thoughts are when you drew Liverpool in the cup. Another, do you think another Tottenham? Yeah, I thought it could be another scudding basically because <laughs> obviously Gerard and all that at the time and Suarez and just think, wow. But they came the first leg and they didn't have Gerard and Suarez and that there, they left him home. And See, when you've seen that at the jump, you've got a chance here. You still think it's going to be tough, like, you still expect him to be really good. But we actually done alright that game, and it was Webby had scored an own goal, it was unlucky with. So going there, 1-0, you're like, then you think, oh, we'll get a, get a chance here, like, because there weren't anything special. It wasn't like the Tottenham game where you couldn't get near them, like, we had chances against Liverpool, first leg as well. So going to the second one, you think, right, we've got a chance here. It was Brendan Rodgers, the manager, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, is that just his first year? I think it was, was yeah. It? Charlie Adam played as well, didn't he? Yeah, aye, Charlie played, played, uh, he played. Shirt, the home game there? Did you get a shirt? Um, no, the away game I got one. I got right, Carragher. Okay. Carragher, did you? Yeah, huh? Right, we'll come to that. Uh, the away game, obviously you score. Amazing feeling scoring at Anfield. Yeah, I still say it was an own goal, but somehow I managed to get it. Uh -huh. um, Who cares, mate? I know, but no, it was amazing. Um, how good is the atmosphere in that, yeah? Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, it was really good, and especially because I think it was like the 80 odd minute. Like, we never expected to be not on each at that time to even have a sniff of taking it to extra time. And because they had Gerard Suarez playing Sterling, they had a good team out then. And um, yeah, so to score and seeing the Hearts fans, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Was Gerard good? Yeah, he was just chilled. He was in first gear, I think. He was just like spraying passes a bit. Uh -huh. You could tell that if you wanted to take it, I stepped it up. Uh -huh. And then Suarez scores like an equaliser, sorry. How, how sickening was that? Well, that's, that's what I mean in terms of stepping it up. It's like we scored and then he just thought, right, fuck it, we're going to score now. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Uh -huh. Suarez done the left-hand side. I think he megged Zaliukas and then scored. Well, uh, how were the Liverpool players when he was after it? Were they quite complimentary? Or I was it I can't remember, to be honest. No. I, I, think, I think they were probably just glad to be through. I think if... They'd scudded us then, it would have been different, but the fact that they just got through, I think they were just relieved. Relieved, uh huh. Yeah. What did my just say he's after the game? Proudest? Yeah, I think the fact that we even went to Anfield and scored, so like, that was a big, big thing. And even, as I say, nearly taking them to extra time with the players that they had was, was frightening. See, when you play a game like that, do you think I need to play well here because there'll be a lot of people watching? Especially when your contract's up in the summer? Yeah, I did at the time. I was thinking if I do, because you know it's on TV, you know, people see it. So I was thinking if you do well, then. It can attract interest. And it did, mate. Rangers. Uh, is it last minute? Very, yeah. Uh, we when did you first hear of their interest? Well, we played on a Thursday night and we didn't travel straight back up. We stayed down there. So we stayed and then we trained at Liverpool's training ground Melody, on a Friday. And it was after that when we were coming back up. I basically got a phone call from my agent saying, once you get up, like drive straight to, I was to meet him at the Hilton and then we'll go to Murray Park because Rangers have had an offer accepted. And I was like, well, didn't so even know that. That was the first I heard. And what was your initial thoughts? Just like, I, I didn't even really know. I was just like, what the fuck? Because like, as I say, I hadn't heard anything. I didn't know anything about it. And it's just a case of, right, offers accepted, you're gone. Uh -huh. And did uh, the man Hearts manager speak to you about it? Or? No, he actually, <laughs> he phoned me after I signed the next day. 
and I thought it was Lee Wallace trying to take the piss out of me. Because, <laughs> like, Waldo used to phone people, like, and put on voices, and kid on, he was, like, Craig Levine and stuff. And <laughs> so I thought it was actually him, kid on, he was John McGlynn. And I, cause I didn't have the gaffer's number at the time. And I was like, oh, fuck off, Waldo, and hung up on him and stuff. And then he texted me saying, I swear, temps, it's John McGlynn here, and just wanted to say congratulations on the move and all that. And I'm like, is that actually the gaffer? So I text Lockie and Gary Lott, I was like, what's the gaffer's number, by the way? He texted me, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's the manager. <laughs> I had to phone back and apologise. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was Lee Wallace. <laughs> brilliant. See, Gary Lock, how's Ryan McGill? Did you like him as well? Oh, there? brilliant. What, what, what sort of just a good He's just banner. so funny. Is yeah. he? Because oh, you see from the outside, you didn't of, see that about Gary Lockett. Like, stories and stuff he's got like years ago when he played. He's, yeah, what a laugh he is. Is he's he a great yeah. guy? Still speak to him now again, actually. Uh-huh. See, um, when you went to sign for Rangers, where'd you go? Ibrox, Murray Park? Murray Park. Met Ali McCoyst? Uh, yeah, went and obviously met the gaffer. Got there, I think it was about half seven or something. In the morning? No, at night, so yeah, I just went straight to Murray Park and... Is that a buzz, meeting Ali McCoyst and, and speaking to her? It was, yeah. Um, I've grew up seeing him playing and even daft things like you used to watch him on... Uh, and stuff like that, so... It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously he's funny and stuff, so you were... Uh, he is a funny guy, uh, yeah, yeah. You were looking forward to meeting him and, uh, as I say, it was even funny when you met him. So who was that, you, your mum and dad? No, it was just me and my agent that went. Oh, was yeah. it, right? I didn't have time to take him there, so it was just a case of straight there. Uh-huh. So. What, um, you know, a bit weary about the division they were in? I was, yeah, but at the same time, Hearts had like, kind of forced me out as well. They had said to me, look, if you don't sign, you're never going to play here again, you'll train with the youths and just stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, well, it's either go with the youths or go to the Rangers and, and play and... Yeah, so then I was like, I'm going to go. What, what, did McCoy, how, what was McCoy's like the first meeting? Did, can you remember anything specific he said to you? It... No, I, do you know, I can't actually remember much. I think he was just like making jokes and just the way he always is. He's always quite funny and always bubbly and carrying on. So I think, I think it was just the same, to be honest. Uh, did he try to convince you that he'd get up the leagues quick and back into... Yeah, he obviously said all that and showed us around to like the changing room, like all of Murray Park, showing us like all the facilities and... Just obviously trying to get me to sign, which which I was going to anyway. Would you would you would you speak to your mum and dad before you signed, or was it just you and your agent and say? Just me and my agent, and yeah, it? yeah, it was one decision. It's nobody else's, so yeah. I was just like, yeah, I wouldn't have took him to else anyway. No, and uh, Ryan McGowan was there. Yeah, he did. You, did you think he was signing? Well, at the time, as I said, I didn't even know that he was. I bet he'd been accepted. I, I don't know. I he's not on the bus the same. The same bus, you're not talking yeah, to each other. Yeah, but we never even told each other. It was just a case of, uh, like, I just get, so I never told them when I got phoned. I just kept it myself and, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And then in Murray Park, and it was a gaffer at the time, Coyste, he's like, oh, I've put, put an offer in for Ryan as well, and that's been accepted. And like, he's on his way through just now and stuff. And I was like, What well, did really? you say? What are you doing that for? He's hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't brutal. <laughs> <laughs> but see, when he's like, in the third division then. <laughs> 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 see, when he got in, McGowan, would you, would you just like go away for McCoy's net and say to each other, Are you signing? Well, what, when he came in, I was just like, Obviously, like, f- I was wanting him to sign, obviously. And um, I was dealing with contract situation, whereas he was getting shown about. So I only got to see him for like two minutes and that was it. And didn't even really get to speak to him about it. But 
after it, obviously phoned us and just said that like, he, was, he never signed. Uh, were you surprised that he never signed? <sighs> Not really, just purely because I knew that he really wanted to play for Australia and it was come up to a World Cup. Mm -hmm. So he had it and he said that if he signed there in the third division, he was never going to be in the Australia squad. Right. So knowing how patriotic he is for his country, I knew that he wasn't going to sign. Uh -huh. that's, a, that's an act on that patriotic. I know, a bit, <laughs> exactly. But it worked out well for me. We went to China and got all sorts. So. <laughs> It's loaded now. So, proud day for you thoughts so when you signed for Rangers? Big club, obviously, massive club. Yeah, massive club. Um, as I say, the facilities, f fans, going to Ibrox, walking out. Because I remember, even when I was at Hearts, we played Lee Wallace, had obviously signed for Rangers, and we were playing against them and walking out to simply the best. And I was just thinking, wow, that's unbelievable. And Waldo was that to say, well, it's even better when you're walking out as a Rangers player to it. So, when I first walked out to that, I've so like, I can see what it means. It was is, just having the fans on your side was. Uh, is the atmosphere amazing? Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. And as I say, it's my first game against Elgin, and there was fifty thousand fans, and I'm just like, wow, like uh, in the third division. So see, when you heard the Rangers intro, would you quickly phone Lee Wallace, or was that after you'd signed? Uh, I spoke to him after I signed in that. And he just um, said you love it. Uh, yeah, just basically, I was just saying how much I'd love it, and obviously Ian Black was there at the time as well. He phoned us as well, so. Good. Uh, right, your first your first season at Rangers, sorry. What was the atmosphere like around the club at that time? Obviously, with all the stuff that Good. had gone. Was it? Yeah. Um, Who was that? Down to McCoyston? McCoyston, Geranti. Kenny McDowell. Kenny McDowell, funny Kenny. as well. Uh, the three of them were funny together, so they made it a good atmosphere and it was good. Some of the players there were a good laugh as well, like Kyle Hutton. Like, he's, he's daft, isn't he, Kyle Hutton? Yeah, so thick. So he was a good laugh there as well. Um, yeah, it was just, as I say, a good bunch of boys and yeah. training was enjoyable. What, uh, what was McCoy's part of like with the slaughter boys? Yeah, just obviously always bring up how many goals he scored and um, just how good he was, basically. Uh -huh. so. would, he, would they join in, John and McCoy's in there? Um, he would join in like the wee boxes, him and Kenny McDowell. Uh -huh. um, and he would always just try and stitch players up, like uh -huh. never go in the middle. So if they stick, like, if it's a bad pass or whatever, but oh, it's your fault you get in and you'd have to go in and shit. Like, just a good laugh. Um, yeah. And even like, after training, we'd go up and play like Killer Pool and the, the gaffer and that would play. And obviously, he's got arthritis, so his hands like that. And he, he used to put like hang me shots like, I'll use my bridge hand and like just, just have <laughs> a laugh. Piss at it, so he'd take a piss at himself and that. And yeah, he used to just stitch each other up when we were playing Killer Pool and that to uh -huh. get each other out. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Was it surreal playing for Rangers and you're playing teams like Elgin in there? It's a bit weird. It was, yeah. Because um, you know that for them it was it was massive, you know what I mean? They were coming, playing in front of 50,000, and whereas I used to play in front of maybe 500 and stuff. And you know for them it was a cup final, so they were going to give everything as well. Mm -hmm. And especially going to the away grounds, it was, it was harder than what you would think. Oh mate, I know, I've, I played them, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, eh? Would McCoy's make a joke about going to like some of the way, way grounds and stuff like that? Uh, do you know, I can't even remember, to be honest. Yeah. Um, do you remember sitting in changing rooms and thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, but I was used to it. I think it was worse for... Like Lee McCulloch and all that? Yeah, who'd never... Like, obviously we used to doing in the Premiership, playing in ridiculous stadiums and stuff, but I had obviously done it with Stenny. Um, I'd played in... East Stirling, Cowden Beef, all these type of places, so I know what it was like. But you had the guy Cribari, Brazilian guy, who'd been at Lazio, 
I think he came and thought, what the fuck? He was like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> was he? Yeah, so it was a culture shock for him. How did you think you done your first season, 17 goals? I actually thought I'd done quite well my first season. Um, second game in, I got injured, so I missed eight weeks, I think. Um, done my ankle. But yeah, I think I got 17 in 24 games, something like that. So obviously we're expected to get that, playing against lower level teams, but as I said, like some of the games are harder than people think. They just expect you to go out and win 6-0 every game, but it was never like that. <laughs> See, although McCoy's funny and part of it, could he crack? Uh, not really. He never, he wasn't really one to go mental. It was more Durante would go nuts. Like, Durante would, yeah, the gaffer would come in and kind of let you have it amongst each other and then Durante would just slaughter who he felt need slaughtering, basically. Uh, yeah, he was a bit more, he was the, the louder one. Jink, they found it tough, obviously they'd played in great Rangers teams and managed great Rangers teams. Jink, they found it tough, so maybe not yourself, but the standard other players that were playing for Rangers, did you think that got, that got to them? I don't know, to be honest, maybe, because, as you say, they were used to, his first year there, like Steve Davis, Naismith, he'd, like top-class players, and and then obviously going to the third division, they lost all those players, and I had to bring in like some young boys through and bring in some of his, his own players and obviously it wasn't the same finances as what it was just his first season so maybe it was difficult for him mm -hmm. um, and as I say like for the other teams coming they're giving everything they can uh -huh. uh, You made your way up to the championship and then McCoy's left see just before he left could you see that the stuff going on in the background was starting to affect him? Yeah definitely I think <clears throat> I think it took, his to uh, took its toll on the gaffer. I remember we were playing Queen of the South on the Friday and I was driving in with Hutz and it was on the news saying it had handed in his resignation. And then, so we were like, fucking hell, like, didn't expect tax with a game that day. And then he took us in, he says, oh, I've not handed it in and we ended up, we get beat. And then the next day it came out that he had handed it in and obviously left and we were like, like, what the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. So he just told us that to obviously try and concentrate in the game, but there was so much going on off the field that I think he was really struggling. Were the boys, uh, did the boys like him? Yeah, it was, as I said, like, great laugh. He was one of those managers that, like, when you're not playing, you want to hate a manager. Like, if, if I'm not playing, I really... Find it like, hard to I, like I, I find, But with him, you just, you could not not like him. Like, he was, he was hilarious. Uh -huh. he was, he was would, he, uh, would you tell you like, how much it meant to play for Rangers and stuff like that? Was he quite good at it? Yeah, like, like, the freedom. Obviously, the gaffer, Coach and uh, Durante, they used to always drill it into you, but it meant, like, even when you were walking in to Ibrooks up the, the marble staircase and that, it would always go on about that and... Yeah, just drill it and everybody said like what it meant to actually be at that club. Uh -huh. Obviously you've played for a big club in Hearts, but is that pressure of playing for Rangers that, that much harder? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think <clears throat> because I didn't do as well as obviously I wanted to when I was at Rangers, I never played as much as I wanted to either. So when things weren't going well, you could hear the fans like, you know that, like, if you gave the ball away, you were going to get slaughtered. So it made, I think some players, it made you, like, a bit nervous when you were on the ball show. I think, fuck, if I give this away here, I'm getting 50,000, like, going nuts at me. And it was, yeah, it's hard with times like that, like, the, the expectation. It's like you had to win every game, no matter what. A draw is not good enough. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It was, yeah, frightening. Is that hard to do when you come for a team that's not expected to win every week, just to turn that on? Yeah, well, to be fair, at Hearts, it's still big expectation. Yeah, like, you're still expected to win all the time, but to a different extent. Uh, with Does Rangers, it affect off the pitch as well? Yeah, it's, it's hard done? to have a normal life outside it as well. Like, even going in nights out and even like, I remember I put a picture with a beer on my Instagram and getting fans right, and you shouldn't be drinking that. And it's like, you can't, you can't have a normal life sometimes, like getting out drinking and with your pals or whatever, because you end up getting abuse. Uh -huh. It's frightening. So see, when you see players that play for Rangers now, do you, do you like, right, respect them, how, how, well, how much they need to deal with her? Yeah, definitely. Because um, it is, as I say, it's a lot of expectation that you, you have to deal with. And, like, as I say, they're doing well this season, but they lose one game and then that's it. They're, I've seen stuff with Tavs, who's been flying, but he'd one bad game one time and he was getting abused. And I'm just thinking, he's been brilliant all season, but that one game, that's the one that they remember yeah. most. It's expensive, the club. Yeah. Uh, Kenny McDowell took over and then Stuart McCall followed. Uh, how tough was that? Was the playoffs he's got beat for Motherwell, was it, on it? <coughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't involved in it actually. Um, I'd been bombed for the squad. Why was that? I don't know. It was a weird one with McCall. Like, I started well, like, was enjoying it under him, and then I done a, an interview. Um, it was about, it was like McCoyce to McCall, and I kind of get stitched up. I'd said about McCoyce, like, oh, I'd said, oh, I would like McCall to get the job. It's been good. He'd been working on different shapes, and and they're like, oh, did Dill manager not do that? And I was like, oh, no, because basically we played the same formation, so we knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But they'd made it out that I was slaughtering the coys when I wasn't, and I was like... And then after that, I played Queen of the South, and the calls that to me, right, I want you to play high left, don't come back, just stay up. If you get back to halfway line, stay there, don't... Like, just cheat, basically. Mm -hmm. I'd done that, and two goals came down, the, like, that side. And then I got hung out to dry, got took off, and then never get in a squad again. And did he slot you after again? Never said anything, just didn't involve me ever again. But it was, it was him that told you to do that? Yeah, and I was like, I've made out, it was like my fault, basically. Uh -huh. And now you've copied his band then? <laughs> <laughs> I said, there's no ginger. <laughs> How, uh, what was Big Moshna like? Was he a screw? I played against him when he was at Southend, he's a madman, isn't he? Absolute nut job, but like, it's two sides to him, he's like so nice, but you just know he can flip. Like I remember we were on the bus going to a game and I was quite prone for like fucking about throwing sweets at people and mm -hmm. like just not watching, hitting them in the head with it and shit like that. So I'm just sitting there one time and big Moshney standing there tapping me with a sweet, like, I'll fucking kill you. And I'm like, what? What the fuck are you on about? He's like, you hit me with a sweet going crazy. It's fucking me, Barry McKay across me, like, Billy, it was me hit you, like, <laughs> shitting himself. And then that was it, fine, but you just knew that uh, he, he would have fucking killed me as well. Like, what was the dressing room like after that Motherwell game? He was punching guys and all that, was it? Well, same thing. As soon as that game finished, that was it. We were finished. And Moshney literally got in his car and drove straight to uh, France. And that's the last uh, you've seen of the, the big man? I fucked off. Scary, eh? Uh, Mark Warburton followed. Were you excited <clears throat> about his appointment? Because his Brentford team yeah. did some great stuff. Yeah, they obviously played good football and him and David Beale were coming in. I thought David would be good as well. Obviously, he's a legend at Rangers. Like, having played against him as well and done well, uh, I thought he'll take care. Good chance they'll like me because I've played against David. And sure enough, when he first came in, he pulled us in and says to us as well, he's like, ah, look, you're the best player here. You're going to play for us. Like, it's a fresh start for you, everything. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Like, what I needed to hear, basically. 
and I did, I started, and then three games in, get injured. Uh-huh. The old so, injuries are killing you, mate. I know, especially that one, because I was feeling good at that time, with obviously the gaffer saying that to me, and yeah, it gave me confidence. How good is coaching? It's good, his training was brilliant, pre-season, yeah, it was the best. What was, what was just the most sort of stuff? Football, uh-huh. Just football related, you'd done like one set of runs, like without the ball, and that was it. The rest, running you done was with the ball, and, and obviously you know yourself, it's so much better like, than just running around a pitch non-stop. Uh-huh. So uh, it was enjoyable, and even like the training in terms of possession, small possession box, everything was, was so good, intense, and... Yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, you've never got that injury. Played under Warburton more often, and, and maybe still <coughs> been at Rangers. Uh-huh. I think I would have. I would definitely have played more often. Um, as I say, I started the season. Um, he, as I say, he told me he liked us, and I would play. So I had that confidence straight away. But obviously, that injury killed Did me. Did you know it was a bad one straight away? I noticed my medial straight away because I had I'd done it at Steny before. Um, so I knew the feeling, um, and yeah, I just I knew I tore it straight away, but it ended up worse than what I actually thought it was. Mm-hmm. How 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 hard is that for a young football when you get a serious injury like that? It's brutal. Um, people don't realise, like, especially with this one, because I didn't really know what it was. It like so I think it was twenty one months all in. Yeah, but the worst thing was not known. Like usually when you get an injury, it's like right, your ankle ligaments at six weeks. You've got set rehab, basically. You know you're gonna be back then. Whereas with us, because we never knew what it was, I never knew when I was gonna be back. It was like just keep trying things, try this, try that. And I, that was probably the worst thing, just mentally. What was the lowest point of that twenty-one months? Um, probably before I got the second up when I. Really didn't know what it was, and I was just like, right, I'm going to retire. What was that? When was that 27? That was... That must have been about... Got the... That was after... That was 13 months in, I think. Right. Just had enough? Yeah. I was just like... Because I'd tried injections, tablets, all different stuff, and I was just... I had an op as well, and didn't know what it was. And... Yeah, I just got to the point, I was like, well, I'm fucked, like, I literally don't know what it is, so mm-hmm. just like, I'll just chuck it. What was the manager missing? Nothing, because I had left Rangers at oh, the time, right, uh-huh. my contract had ran out, and it was like, right, and that's so how, I, that's how I was going to chuck it, because I was like, I've got no idea myself what to do, like, I've got nobody there to help me, or, and uh, it was my agent, it's like, go and see a specialist in London, and as soon as I seen him, he's like, I think I know what it is, I, I think I'll be able to sort it, and sure enough, he did. So, did you got to the stage you were looking for a job and stuff like that? No, not yet, but I got to a point I would have had to, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was honestly going to chuck it. Uh, it's easy to see why young guys can suffer from mental health and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not really tough, isn't it? Well, that's what I was saying. I was looking back now, I was depressed. I, I didn't realise at the time, but I was just sitting in the house myself, curtains closed, watching box sets and mm-hmm. drinking, basically. I was. Really, yeah? yeah Living was, on your own or with your family? No, with my wife, but right. uh, she would be at work and that and I would just be, no what to go out of the house, basically. I was just sitting, getting drinks and watching the telly. And was there a, was there a stage you actually told somebody you were depressed or you just knew yourself? No, that's, that's what looking I'm back. It wasn't until I was back playing and looking back at it, I was like, fuck, I was in a bad place. Like, it wasn't 
going out with my wife and wasn't taking her for dinner or nothing, wasn't doing anything, like just sitting in the house. God, did uh, you get help but, for that? No, did no. You, what, so what, what sprung it out you? How did you get out of it? Just getting back to football, just enjoying it again. And when I went to Hamilton, it was just like, as I say, enjoying football and then after it, I'm, I'm getting out again and then just enjoying life again. Uh -huh. So yeah, that, that's when I realised, I was like, fuck, I was, I was quite bad. Was, it, was there a worry that you would never get another <laughs> club as well? Yeah. You've been it for so long, uh -huh. Yeah, it was actually hard to get another club. Um, but your agent was banding your boot and they... Nobody would touch me, no. Because cause I was out for 21 months, they thought oh, it was a, what, a really bad knee injury, but it, it wasn't as bad as... If I'd got the op that I got that fixed it, I'd have been out for four months. Right. But instead, it took that long to get it, and then I ended up training myself. I was actually coming into Hamden for treatment, which was good. That helped me. Um, and I was using indoor in here, trying to do fitness work myself, and mm -hmm. yeah, went into Dundee United, they wouldn't touch me. They wanted me to come back the following season and sign. But at the time I was still needing to train somewhere to try and get fit, so yeah, it was hard to get somewhere because everyone thought it was fucked, basically. How good was that feeling then when Hamilton told you they would take you? It was good, it was, the chairman had phoned me and, and just said, look, we want you to sign, you don't even need to come in and train and impress, like, just come in and just like training, like we'll get a contract, you sign oh, yeah, it, you're yeah. a player. And I was like, that was good because I knew that then I could just go in and be relaxed. I didn't have to try and impress and... Yeah, they were... worse than going on trial, mate. Yeah, well, I've not done that yet, but... <laughs> um, hopefully I don't have to. <laughs> but um, uh, fair play to Hamlet and taking you on, eh? Yeah. Was that quite emotional when they took you in? No, I was just happy relieved. and relieved. Mm -hmm. I, just because... As I say, I had tried to get places and couldn't get anything, and yeah, just when they like let me want you to sign, I was just like, thank fuck, I can like take my time to get get fit, and mm. and I did that. I played some twenties games, and I, I ended up in the squad like two weeks later, coming on for like ten minutes, then twenty minutes, and, and just building it up, and then the following season, I was pretty much playing most games. And then did you find yourself being a happier person when you, when you, did you started taking the misses out of <laughs> Definitely. Start buying the rollies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, nah, just, um, as I say, like, yeah, I was going out again and just enjoying life again, taking my third drinks or whatever and, yeah, just uh, put me in a good place again. Uh, 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 so you must have a soft spot for Hamilton now that you've, you're doing so well now, but a lot, of, a lot of gratitude to Hamilton for what they've done. Yeah, it. definitely. I'll always be thankful to Ronnie McDonald and obviously Martin Canning um, for taking the chance. Because um, obviously it's worked out well for me. And yeah, I'll, I'll always be grateful to them. Because if I hadn't got in there, then who knows? I might not be playing just now. Uh -huh. And did you hear an appreciation for the game when you're back playing the SPL for Hamilton? Because you've obviously been out for so long. Did, was there less pressure on you just go and enjoy yourself again? Yeah, that's the way I looked at it when I got back. I just thought, I'm just going to go out there and enjoy myself. I'll try, try tricks and stuff again and just play like I played when I was a kid, basically. Because I'd been, because of the fact I was nearly going to retire, I was thinking, can I get any worse if we lose a game? Like, Don't I take it I so would, hard to I, I wouldn't get myself too down because I used to go home and be depressed if we lost a game. And yeah, I just thought, I'm, can I be like that? I just need to go out and enjoy it. And I think that's why I played well when I was there, because I was just enjoying football. Uh -huh. Who were the good players at Hamilton? Who did you enjoy playing with there? Um, Ali Crawford was really good. Doing well at Doncaster Te uh, Technically, very good player. Um, I think he needed that move to a yeah. team that will play a bit more football, because we went a bit direct at times at Hamilton and just miss him out. So I can see why he was struggling a bit the last season. Um, try to think. 
Dougie Emery, just money bastard. <laughs> <laughs> He's been here for years. Yeah, uh, good lad, though. Good club, though. Uh, and then, move to Burton. How are you enjoying it? Good, uh, really Except good. Except when you play Man City. Yeah, that was... Fuck, that was that Worse was tough. than Tottenham? Nah, that was well worse. The first game was well worse. They were unbelievable, man. Uh, like, just... I didn't, I didn't start that game, but... I remember just sitting watching like the first half and I'm just thinking, wow, they're so fucking good. Like the wingers are just staying so wide. Fullbacks are coming in to get on the ball. And David Silva, I don't think he even broke sweat. I don't think I seen him sprint the full who, game. Who was the best at the ball? Silva. For me, I thought Silva, yeah, because he was just like drifting in areas and as I say, he didn't have to sprint. It was like he was just jogging about and just getting in areas where he couldn't mark him. It was just so good. And did you get a wee, did Guardiola come and speak to you or anything like that? Yeah, I, s I actually said to him after it, I said, oh, it was a pleasure, like, obviously, first half watching that, and he was like, oh, no, the pleasure was all mine, and I'm like, nah, mate, trust me, it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> fucking watching how good you were, it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, even a young lad, Phil Foden, said to us after it, he's like, by the way, he's like, like, even though it was 9-0, like, he's actually done well. Like, Rotherham came last week. He says it could have been fucking double figures against them. Uh -huh. Did we fucking say that, didn't he? Uh, uh, and what about the plans for the future? Stay at Burton or would you come back to Scotland? Well, I've got another year after this season at Burton. Um, so I'll t obviously stay there for the remainder of my contract and, and see what happens. But yeah, I'd always come back to Scotland because I've always been used to it here. I just wanted to try England before I finished. And just quickly, Nigel Clough character, huh? Yeah, old school, like, ruthless. Um, no fucking about with him. Uh -huh. We played Scunthorpe away, and it's quite funny, actually. It was in the cup, we were getting beat 2-1, and I think it was the last minute. I've cut inside, and I must have been about 25 yards. I've hit a shot, and it's been out of the bar. I end up losing. Come in at full time, he's like to me. Uh, fucking you, you shoot for that distance again in the last minute when we're trying to equalise. I don't give a fuck if we go down to 10 minutes, I'm fucking bringing you off. I was, fuck, scared to shoot again. <laughs> in training, just passing the ball all the time. Brilliant. Tim, thanks very much Brilliant. for your pleasure. Thanks for having Talk us, cheers. Man. Project gives a conservative estimate that there are over 20,000 innocent people currently locked away in U.S. prisons, convicted of crimes they did not commit. Unjust and Unsolved, a new true crime podcast from investigative journalist Maggie Freeling and the Obsessed Network, tells the stories of these people and these crimes. Maggie began the project by sending letters to people in prison whose stories haunted her, and she heard back from nearly all of them. They all wanted their stories to be heard. Each episode focuses on a single case. The stories are told through original interviews with the convicted person, their loved ones, lawyers, and advocates. Maggie examines the crimes, sharing all the evidence pointing away from the convicted person, and, in some instances, presenting the case for other suspects. Unjust and Unsolved is a compelling mix of investigative journalism and true crime storytelling. Find Unjust and Unsolved in all Obsessed Network podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.